Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the ATX Metal Podcast. And this is a Kick It With Kitty special as she interviews a Dwanton. Now, I could tell you about what this episode's about, you know, what they talked about, upcoming shows and influences and stuff like that. Um, but what I really need to tell you about or what you need to know about is the conversation that happened between myself and Kitty uh, on how to properly say this band's name. So I had a little hiccup. I got a little comfortable with how I upload and uh, and post these podcasts. And Kitty hit me up and said, hey, when's this interview coming out? Uh, what time? And I go back and I look and the upload failed. I had, I just got comfortable. And, and so I told her, I said, man, I'm just going to redo the intro because A, I mispronounced their name the first time. So I obviously need to go back and fix that. But B, I need to tell these people about this conversation we just had. <laughs> but I mean, we were just breaking it down like the syllables and text form. And, and, and then she sent me like a little voice recording. But then I'm sitting here thinking about it like, oh my God, this is how you say it. Uh, so for those that need to know one more time, it's a Dwanton, like a DJ, <laughs> you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'll just, I'll just be quiet and you can and get to this lovely episode. Uh, I know, I know you're, I know you're dying to get past this bullshit, but anyway, it was one of the best wholesome moments I've had in a long time. So, oh God, I'm so glad Kitty's on, on the team now. Uh, anyway, also as a part of the team, as always come and take it live, come and take a productions. We just had the best, and I mean, I don't want to downplay all the other showcases that we've had, but oh my God, the amount of energy and and support that we got uh, for our showcase was outstanding. Fire from the Gods obviously killed it as usual. Uh, they got to feature uh, Young Mosh, a man from Cincinnati. Be prepared because they're probably coming back <laughs> to Austin. They had, they had a really good sound. But man, I want to give it up for the motherfucking local bands. Oh my God. Athanatos, Coningsor, Altermine, Hate Waker, Paula, and Death of a Dream. I give all of my thanks and all of my time and efforts to bands like these guys. So, I mean, they absolutely killed it. It was, whew. I, and I even had a really fucked night before. Like, man, that... I had lost a phone. Somehow I got kicked out of my car. You know what? It's it. I'm so happy that show went off without a hitch. So I guess the I guess the universe balanced itself back out. Because, uh, woo boy, did did it kick your boy in, in the dick? God damn. <laughs> but we're back on track. We're back on track. Uh, so anyway, here is Adwanton. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Kick It With Kitty, 
a segment of the ATX Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Farmer, and I am so excited to have one of my favorite musicians as a guest today. So let's go ahead and jump on into the interview. Can you please say your name and the band that you're here talking about today and what you do in the band? Absolutely. Thank you so much for the kind words, by the way. This is Kieran McCluskey of Edwanton. Very excited to be here speaking with you. And apart from that, I was in the melodic death metal band Vex for a very, very long time. Uh, I also am currently playing in a hardcore punk band, Bondbreaker, with my fiance, soon to be wife, Gerilyn. And I've kind of done other extreme metal projects throughout the years. I think most notably, I was in in Oblivion, the Funeral Doom band for a long time and, and, and got to do a few recordings and, and gigs with them. And what do you do in all of those bands? Oh, I was supposed to answer that about Adwanton, wasn't I? <laughs> Whoops. No, it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I play guitar in Adwanton and I'm the primary songwriter as well. So before we get started, can you go ahead and spell Adwanton for the listeners just so everyone yeah. can know how to find you? Sure. Yeah, it's A D. U-A-N-T-E-N. And I think that's such a cool name, but where did that come from or what was the inspiration? Well, there was excessive deliberation around the name. Whenever Owen, Mike, and I decided that we were going to discontinue Vex, we had no intention of stopping making music together. You know, we really liked kind of the way our sound was progressing. So when it was suggested that we should just change the name. That was kind of where the thinking began. And I think as we got deeper into that process, you know, so many different possible names as, as that process goes, as it tends to go, we kind of grew into more of the notion that perhaps it shouldn't be a changed name. It should be a brand new project. And then we started thinking about what would the new projects, what would it really be aesthetically? And I think it was Owen who started uh, suggesting some Irish language names. Um, and, you know, we had a pretty long list of, of pretty compelling stuff. But, you know, there were some pronunciation challenges. You know, um, it's I know I've seen some bands in the underground with with completely unpronounceable names and it works for them and, and what they do. And that's fine. But, you know, we are kind of thinking about something that will not be lost on everyone that, you know, you see, you can at least have some notion of, of how to pronounce it and, and how to spell it. So the Irish word that we had landed on was Adwantis, which means a very strange and unfamiliar place, usually associated with like mountain ranges or mountain explorations and the kind of strange things that can happen when, when you start to get pretty high up on the mountain. And we were, set on that name, we had confirmed it after deliberating for probably a year. And we had started to plan the launch of the band. And while we were doing that, a Scottish electronic artist started releasing music under the name Adwantis. <laughs> so, you know, there was some anger, but really more power to him. He, he earned the right to the name. He beat us to the punch. And so then we thought, why not just make something up then? Because that also tends to work well with search engine optimization. I know that sounds 
very dorky, but we are trying to be mindful of these things. Uh, obviously, with Vex, that was a huge problem because Googling Vex or searching Vex across streaming sites or social media platforms will yield all kinds of things that have nothing to do with, with you know, the band Vex. And so we were looking at some of the previous name suggestions. Owen had suggested Outen, O-U-T-T-E-N, which is another Irish word. So uh, we just thought we could combine them and make up our own word that, you know, again, hopefully is, is kind of intriguing, um, but still not completely obscure. You know, something that has somewhat of an impact and is not too drawn out and kind of represents the band. So that's where we landed. Honestly, after hearing that, I have so many questions for you. I want to know everything about your band. Yeah. But I guess to orient the listeners and myself in a way, you had mentioned Vex, the band you had been in previously. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us who the other members of Adwantan are and who kind of carried over from Vex and if you have any sure. other members in the fold? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, accidentally, uh, it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, the lineup came together accidentally it, it, the the lineup that we ended up with I, I couldn't be happier about but it was purely by chance in a set of circumstances that happened that way it, it, and i would say that really whenever jj the singer stepped down from vex his life was kind of going in a different direction we were already kind of thinking about changing the name at that point but i think it really kind of forced our hand into really again thinking about the new band and we were standing outside of the music lab on St. Elmo when it was still open, RIP, and kind of having this discussion because, you know, we always admired JJ for this. We we love him very deeply. You know, we did during while we were playing together. We still do now. But he was very honest with us. So it was at in the middle of a practice during a break. He, he said that, you know, his life was going in a different direction. And so it was really as simple as just standing outside and thinking who would like to continue into this new project. Uh, and so Owen, you know, he's my brother, the drummer. That's kind of a given. I'm sure that we'll probably always be making music together in some form for as long as we can. And Mike, the guitar player for Vex, uh, some might also know him from Ruins of Honor, a progressive death metal band he was in for a long time. But we've been, uh, Owen played with him in Ruins of Honor. So really just kind of between the three of us, we have a musical relationship that extends back at least 15 years. I think we're very, very gelled and, and very kind of in unison on, on what we want to do. So Mike agreed to continue. And for Joel, the bass player for Vex, he was moving to Chicago uh, at that point while we were having these conversations. And he is playing with Edwanton, but would say he's not an official member. And the only reason we say that is with him living remotely um, and, you know, being fairly active in the Chicago scene, metal scene now as well. We want to make sure that he had flexibility and, you know, didn't feel necessarily chained to this thing if there was ever a recording that he was not able to play on. And really from there, kind of around the same time that we were, Having this conversation in Vex, uh, Damien from the band Horrendous had reached out to me on, on Facebook and he was, had come across Vex and he was interested in producing Vex, which was kind of incredible to me, still is kind of incredible to me that he actually just reached out someone of his stature with that request. So 
I, and I was kind of keeping Damien up to date on the changes with Vex kind of molding and becoming a different band. And, you know, I was keeping him in the loop and he was very much on board. And we know that he's a killer vocalist. We love horrendous. So Owen and Mike and I are like, you know, if he's going to be mixing it, mastering it, maybe he can throw it on vocals as well. So he was down. Uh, that was super exciting, but he he's not a lead vocalist in horrendous. So he didn't want to be the lead vocalist in, in, in Edwanton. At that point, it was Owen, Mike, and I were just kind of sitting back and, and thinking about like of everyone we know or potentially have access to, who would be a killer fit kind of personality-wise, but more importantly, who would aesthetically really elevate the band and, and bring us where we want to be. And of course, immediately we thought of Tanner from Obsequie. He's a very close friend of the band. We, we love him very dearly. And he had already had a very good working relationship with Owen because Owen drummed on the last Obsequia record, as I'm sure a lot of people know. But not only that, uh, Mike, the Vex slash Edwanton guitarist, engineered the drums. And as did Adrian as well, Adrian Benavides, who is also not an official member of Edwanton, but he's, he's kind of taking care of all of our art. And he helps kind of uh, add more atmosphere and texture with kind of additional synth and percussion layers as he did for Vex as well. So again, it was, it was a natural choice uh, to ask Tanner and he was very excited about it. And, you know, he, he immediately just kind of jumped right into it and things were very challenging for him for his personal life at, at that time, because this was right when the pandemic started. And, you know, he was working at that famous Hammerheart Brewery up in Minneapolis. And that was one of the many businesses that completely had to change the way they operated in, in the pandemic when people can't sit in tasting rooms anymore. But he, he persevered and we're incredibly thankful that he did because it seemed very likely that he wouldn't be able to record. There was just too much going on and he couldn't focus on it, but he did. He pushed through. Um, he ended up recording vocals with a few of the other uh, live members of Obsequie who have a studio, they recorded his vocals and sent everything over. And then, you know, Owen, Mike and I sat around and we mapped out the vocal parts, like which part would be better for Damien's voice versus Tanner. That was, it was a lot of fun for us. A big fanboy moment as being such huge fans of Obsequie and Horrendous and then having them kind of within our orbit was was very very thrilling. It's something that you know we we remain very proud about. Um, but yeah, it was you know and it was complicated the process of bringing everything together. Um, we had finished a majority of the tracking for our debut EP right before the pandemic. Like it was the day that South by Southwest was canceled. Was the day that we finished uh, the the instrumental tracking, which is still kind of extraordinary to me. Um, and then, as I mentioned. Tanner had a lot of difficulties, but once he had to hit his parts, it was just a lot of coordination of schedules of, you know, the order of operation between the tracking, the edits and the mixing and the mastering, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it, it, it all came together. So yeah, just all of that to say um, from Vex, it's really Owen and Mike and I as, as core members, Joel is contributing and, you know, we absolutely might bring in, JJ for guest vocals as well on probably not our next recording, but the recording after that. 
there's definitely talk about that because as I said, we've still got a really good relationship with him, even though he also relocated. He lives in Colorado now. But yeah, we may look into the working remotely and getting some more contributions from him. So we had talked about that core lineup and your guest members and recording that debut EP, which is out and it's called Solon Cadence. And it came out this spring, right? Because I remember wearing yeah. y'all's t-shirt in May. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was in early May that the EP was released and we had our first single out in mid-March. Okay, I'm glad my perception of time is not as warped as <laughs> yeah. I had feared. But it's it's a yeah. fairly new EP and you can get it on Bandcamp, I know. Yes. Uh, where else can you pick that up? You can get it on all of the streaming sites as well. So if you're into Amazon Music or YouTube or Google or Spotify, Apple Music, we have it up on on all of those. And we also have uh, physical copies available through our Bandcamp. Uh, We have cassettes and CDs that you can get as well. And so that was that first kind of core and guest lineup you were talking about. But you were saying... Are you working on new music right now? What are you all yes. up to at this moment? Yes, we, we are working very, very aggressively <laughs> on, on new music. Yeah, because, you know, we, we spent a lot of time planning for the launch of the band uh, prior to our actual release. And, you know, we, we hired some consultants to kind of help out on, on the social media side. Since we we're never really were that uh, persistent with it with Vex. Um, but in part of that planning, we were looking at, you know, kind of our goals, mapping out our goals for the first six months, the first year, the first two years, et cetera. And we decided to take kind of an aggressive strategy with the follow-up, as in we'll release one EP, then we'll release a second EP. Um, because, you know, the momentum is 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 strong. You can obviously put together an EP quicker than a full length. We threw out the kind of press release and the statements and things we were putting out for the EP. We kind of committed ourselves to a follow-up EP next year. We just decided, let's just do that. You know, let's let's put it in writing so that we kind of have to do it. <laughs> it kind of forces our hand. So yeah, we're we're very we're hard at work on on that material. We're going through different stages of demoing four new songs. You know, we had planned to meet up in a rehearsal space and just really Mike Owen and I, and with the three of us, play the new songs and kind of feel out the arrangements. But uh, with stage five and COVID and, and everything else and really just lack of availability of rehearsal spaces, you know, we decided to just work uh, independently as in we each have got like home recording setups and Owen's uh, the drummer his setup has evolved to where he basically has a room that's like a full drum studio. You know, he's got great sounds in there. So the, the order of operation is I put together four demos at home of the songs with MIDI drumming and with additional guitar parts. And then we send that out to everyone and everyone can kind of think about their own contributions. And so that meant Joel up in Chicago has already tracked the pre-production a bass for all four tracks and Owen has recorded real drum versions of three of the tracks. I believe he's working on the fourth one this weekend. Uh, yeah. So, and then from there, it's just 
it's a lot of listening. We do a ton of listening in the writing process, as in you have the first demo. So I send it to everyone and we'll just listen for a few weeks before we write because you're listening for, do these arrangements feel right? Or does your mind want them to go somewhere else? I think that that's a very important part of our writing. And then once the individual parts are written, we just go through the whole listing exercise again. Because the, the MIDI drumming I do is, it's, it's very basic. It's not meant to be anything studio-wise. So, you know, it's a template for Owen. And then he, his versions, obviously, he's a human being. So his versions are a lot more expressive. You get a lot more groove, a lot more of a loose feel. So that's the next iteration of writing is we listen to the songs with Owen's actual drumming and decide, do the riffs need to change a little bit to, to fit this more natural, loose feel? And, and that's kind of where we are right now is the, the brainstorming on the arrangements. And thankfully, we are going to have the same lineup for this follow-up EP that we did for Sullen Cadence, which was very exciting to me. Somehow, just through stroke of pure luck, uh, Tanner and Damien both had space to commit. So it's going to be the same thing again where Tanner does lead vocals. Damien will do backup and he'll handle the mixing and the mastering. And as I mentioned, Joel is contributing as well. So it's, it's very different. You know, Vex was really just kind of more of a traditional writing structure where I would create the core, Owen and I would work on a demo. And then most of our time would be in the rehearsal space, just playing or playing shows. And, you know, you, you really learn what works and what doesn't when, when you're testing out songs live. We, we can't do that this time. So that's why the listening stage that I mentioned is so important. We're, we're trying to listen with that sensibility of what has power and movement, what would have power and movement in a live setting. You know, think about that energy of being in the room and, and you know, making sure the songs still have that energy. So yeah, the goal is, I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood right now to get all of the tracking done by the end of this year. And yeah, I can't, can't really talk about uh, much beyond that. Unfortunately, I can't, can't talk about how we're releasing the EP yet, but it's something very exciting that we're going to be announcing hopefully soon. But yeah, uh, I can tell you that right now we are very, very immersed in the writing process, listening and writing. And so speaking of all the different parts of the songs, who writes the lyrics? For Edwanton? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. I write the lyrics as well. Um, and with it was kind of interesting with Sullen Cadence. Um, Joe, that was some of those songs were supposed to be Vex songs originally, and they were actually in the Vex live set towards the very end. So JJ had vocal parts written in, in lyrics. I wrote most of the lyrics for Vex, but, but towards the end, I wanted him to get, you know, I wanted him to have that expressive avenue available to, to write some of his own lyrics. And so he did. And, and, you know, we would collaborate on like a subject matter or a theme and, and he would write the lyrics. And I'd maybe help fill in a few bits, but he primarily wrote them. And then we, so we actually had those versions recorded with JJ. Those versions do still exist. But when it came time to form a Dwanton, that's we thought we already have these tracks that are not going to be released under Vex. Let's repurpose them. So we retracted a bulk of the instruments and uh, I ended up rewriting the lyrics all pretty close to or inspired by what JJ had written 
in terms of the vocal patterns and the lyrics, it was all pretty close. I was able to kind of use what he had done as a starting point into kind of the lyrical style that I felt was maybe a little closer to Edwanton. And it's kind of a very, very relevant question for me right now because I have lyrics for one of our new songs, but not for the others. Uh, thankfully, Gerilyn, my fiance and I, we, we had a little kind of forest cabin retreat a few weeks ago. And just being kind of out in nature ended up being very inspirational, as cliched as that sounds. So I just got a little notepad and I was just sitting there in front of the fire, just handwriting lyrics, the old school way, you know, big, big mess. I, I, I know you're a lyricist too, so you could, you could appreciate that. The, uh, the chicken scratch of the actually replace this word, put this word here, et cetera. So my objective now is just to take that five or six pages of whatever it was of, uh, you know, whatever it actually was that I wrote and kind of figure out how to form, formulate that into the songs. And then from there, once the lyrics are done, then we'll write the patterns and we'll distribute it out to Tanner and Damien. So yeah, it'll be, It'll be the same way, but yeah, I, I write the lyrics as well, unfortunately. <laughs> that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you was, are the Edwanton songs on that first EP kind of a continuation of Vex? And yeah. to my ear, the most recent Vex songs I had listened to were maybe kind of like longer in length and yes. they explored a lot of like themes and motifs. And from what I heard on... The Edwanton EP, they're kind of shorter in length and they're, yes. there's a lot of like good repetition, like repetition of great melodies. Was that like a conscious thing that you all did yeah. towards a new style? It was. You're exactly right. It does, that's, and that, that's a good ear because really this, this final phase of Vex that never really happened, which was the EP that consisted of the songs that were repurposed as Edwanton, when I had started writing them, and really the first one of the group that I wrote was The Drowning Tide. Uh, the, the first single on the Sullen Cadence EP, that was very self-consciously writing shorter songs. And I'm almost certain that that is because uh, I had been playing hardcore punk <laughs> at that point. And I was just very exhilarated by these short bursts of energy. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of negative approach and, you know, um, minor threat and, just those short bursts of energy, not quite like grindcore short, but, you know, say like a very, a very muscular three and a half or four minutes. It, I, I reached the point where, you know, the, the, the latter stages of X, I was more intrigued by making a dynamic, very kind of cohesive, uh, musical ex expressive form that was shorter, much shorter than it was long because you're right. The last Vex full length, Sky Exile was, you know, the, the songs were pretty long there. And, and it was, the, the writing style was different. It was more cinematic, expansive, more progressive, uh, I, I would say. So we're trying to create these long soundscapes. And I think when it came time to write the follow-up, I was just thinking there are kind of a lot of bands that are doing that right now. You know, there's a lot of, and a, lot, a lot of great bands, you know, doing these long kind of black metal or doom metal epics. And so, again, I, I, I just thought it's, it's super intriguing to think about how do you bring the dynamics and, and, and the drama 
of an arrangement, but in say a three to four minute space. So yeah, I would say that's really kind of the cornerstone of the Edwantan writing approach as it is different from Vex is that I give myself a time limit. I throw out riffs all the time. I throw out sections. I'm always trimming these songs down to like their, the, the bare essence of, of the song itself. As, as it kind of our philosophy is if a song cannot exist without a part, then the part should stay. If the song can exist with this kind of extraneous part that is, you know, it's not necessary for the song's success, then it gets the axe. Well, Karen, I could talk to you all day. I learn so much from you every time. <laughs> Unfortunately, our, our time together is drawing to a close, but I wanted to ask you a fan question before uh, sure. we have to go. Yeah. So, uh, Christian from Argentina had a question for you. He asked you, which guitarist do you admire? Oh, that's that's a, a really good question. You know, I would say there are different guitarists that I, I admire for different reasons. Probably the, the really the, the two names, well, okay, the three names that come to mind um, without giving it too much thought. And, and the first one won't be a surprise to you at all. It's Anders Nystrom, Blackheim from Catatonia, Bloodbath, uh, diabolical masquerade just a brilliant guitarist with with such a, a huge tonal vocabulary just the way that he uses effects to create textures layering the parts together and that simplified aspect that I was talking about you know mid-period catatonia they're just they did that so well paring down the songs but you know layering them adding textures and effects oh yeah absolutely the other would be uh, Ivar Bjornsson from Enslaved, of course. Just a genius, again, with the textures and effects, but the, the gut-level aggression. Uh, you know, the, I, I don't follow Enslaved that much anymore, but uh, everything going up to Marjoram, th- those are just masterpieces to me. Uh, Eld and Marjoram and Frost, big, big influence. On us, and of course, the last one is probably pretty obvious as well, and that's Trey Exathoth from Morbid Angel, just absolute fucking guitar god. Sorry if I, if that cursing isn't. If, sorry if I stepped out of, no. out of line there. <laughs> I this is a podcast. I'm not doing FM radio anymore, so you can curse. Oh, that's right. Okay. All you'd like, um, <laughs> cool, which is exciting. But yeah, I learn yeah, so and, much from you every time we talk. So I'm just blown no, away likewise. right now. Likewise. Yeah, no, this has been awesome. So, and just to let all the listeners know, my first run of four episodes here with ATX Metal Podcast are all test episodes. And every time I make a different mistake. So hopefully when Ed Wanton's new music is out, we can have another interview. Yeah. Kind of like a redemption where I redeem myself as a podcast host. <laughs> and we don't have Zoom issues, but... I have a final fan question for you since I'm a fan. I feel like I should be allowed. (laughs) Yeah, go for it. You were using the word textures uh, to describe your influences. And when I read a lot of the articles about Edwanton and the press releases, it's being referred to as, uh, what is it? Dark textured? Dark textured death metal. Death metal, which I feel like is a really great phrase. Um, What specifically were you referring to with that kind of description? I don't love that description myself, but 
we're trying to figure out a way to represent the fact that I think ostensibly you could say that Dwanton is a melodic death metal band, probably more so than than it is anything else. But it's there's a lot more that goes into what we do. You know, we have a lot of influence from like the classic Peaceville Three British doom bands, Anathema, Paradise Lost, My Dying Bride. There's that aspect, but also we're very into just kind of dark rock music and and post punk, and you know, especially. Mike and I, we love nerding out to, you know, choir boy, twin tribes, drab majesty. This stuff is hugely influential as, as much as, say, a dissection or an enslaved. And so it's really, we're trying to think about a way to represent that, that there are several pillars to our sound and that factoring all of that in, you end up with something that we would still classify as death metal because we we have death metal vocalists and you know there is the aggression the tremolo picking things like that that you associate with death metal but the bringing in the texture uh the really the emotion for for lack of a better way to phrase that kind of amping up the emotion is as much as as important to us as say the, the brutality or the aggression and so that's really what we're trying to represent with that name and hopefully we'll we'll come up with a better one <laughs> it's i get it it's really hard to describe different subgenres of metal and it is when you say melodic death metal i think a lot of people immediately think like old and flames yeah like slaughter of the soul era at the gates which absolutely i hear a lot of like that type of guitar but you're right i hear like dreary kind of dark and depressing yeah. sounds a lot of atmosphere to yeah. anyone listening you just have to hear Edwanton for yourself. I can't explain in words how incredible it is. We're lucky to have such amazing artists uh, here with us in Austin, Texas. Karen, I hope that you can come on the show again. Yeah. Or for my podcast host, Redemption. But before I let you go, <laughs> do you have a message for Edwanton fans? Um, yeah. Uh, but, but before I state that message... I want to say to you that I'm a huge fan of Flooded Tomb. I, I know that we're friends and, you know, you, you and you and my fiance are besties. But even outside of all that, I think Flooded Tomb is very original and onto some very exciting things musically. And it's it's always such a pleasure to, to watch you guys. Very excited about the the direction and the material that, that you produce because it's already so original so interesting so i just want to say that thank you dude to, yeah. to have that kind of feedback and praise from you means the world to me i'm fangirling out thank you <laughs> no no problem go, thank you i'm gonna go cry now <laughs> no I, I just i just wanted to wanted to state that but to Edwanton fans thank you all so much for listening to what we've done so far it means the world i know that there are millions of bands right now vying for your attention especially during the pandemic you know so many bands formed and there's just a lot of noise right now the project is edwanton is is a big deal to my co and i like it's really kind of you mentioned the term redemption earlier it's kind of our redemption it's kind of our our chance to do what we weren't able to do with vex it's so for and i kind of feel like everyone who's listening to edwanton is affording us that chance to kind of present a new vision. So thank you all so very much. We are extremely excited about our new material. I think it's the best material I've ever written. 
we all feel great about it and really can't wait to share it. And thank you all, everyone, for listening to me rant now and for listening to Edwanta's music. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. And good luck with everything. I know yeah. you don't need it, but I'm so excited to hear the new <laughs> stuff. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>